We refer to uh, the first five Sundays in January as soaking Sundays. And uh, I'm not muted. I've, I've got noise coming through my device here. I'll turn myself off. That's better. Okay. And this is usually a time where we encourage people uh, to take the time to connect with the Holy Spirit, to refresh us and, and to fill our tanks as the, the new year gets underway. But this morning, as an introduction to our, our Soaking Sundays, I want to extend this concept that we have of soaking in the presence of the Holy Spirit beyond merely providing a short-term soaking experience on a Sunday morning. This is going to require some participation by both the, the team that's here in the building and also uh, you people on Zoom. So I'm giving you some uh, warning right now that I'm going to be quoting some scriptures, but none of those scriptures are going to appear on the screen behind me or on your screen. So you are going to have to find them yourself. So right now, um, I need you to have a Bible on hand. Now, whether that's electronic or whether you've actually got a real paper one with you, I encourage you to go and get that, prepare to have it, whether it's the Version Bible on the app, whether you've got Logos, whether you've got uh, any of the myriad of Bible apps available, I'd grab one. If you want to be really, really ready, uh, I'm only going to use three scriptures, and they're going to be Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, and Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. So if, you've, if you can remember those, uh, you can get ahead of the game by uh, getting them up. I'm not too sure whether you can... Paper Bibles are great in that you can stick your fingers in those three places and reference them. I don't know what the digital equivalent of that actually is. Um, if you have found one, perhaps put it in the chat and let everybody else know. So while you're doing that, let me explain my reasons for taking this approach. The first reason of, is, of course, born of circumstance. Over the last two years, our experience of church, from praise and worship to community involvement, has actually changed dramatically. And we have to, as, as a church community, sort of weave our way through this. Uh, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of discourse about how we should let circumstances affect our lives. And for me, it's, it's the difference between bending and bowing. I believe that we are called to be flexible and to be able to bend when circumstances uh, hit us unexpectedly. But I think we need to, while we're bending and while we're adjusting and while we're adapting, we need to keep uh, foremost in our mind that we are not bowing to the circumstances. We are not letting the circumstances rule our moral beliefs. We're not letting the circumstances rule what we uh, need to do in terms of what we believe is right in the eyes of God. Uh, but we do need to bend and accept the fact that circumstances cause change. And even though the circumstances we've been going through over the last two years would appear on the surface to be fairly negative, there, are, there is nothing that happens in this world that God cannot use to the advantage of his kingdom. And so we need to take advantage of the fact that situations are changing and use those to actually build something. One of the uh, consequences of forced isolation has actually enabled me to study the Bible in a manner that's previously not been available to me. And this ability to actually take on deeper study 
has led me to the conclusion that isolation is not good for the body of Christ. So it's slightly ironic, but there's a positive that's come out of it. The second reason stems from one of the many things that I've learned on this journey, and that is that the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, was actually written as community literature. And we need to start treating it as such. Personal devotion is very, very important, but it's not enough. And I think this pandemic has shown us that while isolation uh, has had... uh, different consequences in lots of different areas. One of the negative things is that we have not been able to actually act as a community as easily. I'm not saying it's impossible uh, electronically, but it certainly hasn't been as easy. But I think we need to actually fight against that tendency to isolate ourselves and actually in 2022 take on board a, a mission, if you like, to make sure that our church community is meeting as often as possible, is communicating as well as possible, and is actually reading and taking from the Bible as it was intended to be received as a way to actually build community. And the third reason is that I believe the Holy Spirit wants to be more than just a lifeline for five Sundays in January, or a 30-minute shoulder to lean on each day as we do our devotions, or our go-to problem solver when things get tough. He was sent to lead us in all truth. So today I'd like to encourage us all to start 2022 with something longer lasting than five Sundays. So if you've got your Bibles there, let's look at our first scripture, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. This is where it all begins. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, there are lots of discussions we could have about Genesis, and certainly these first three verses in it. But there are th- there's a couple of important things we can take away from this just by reading it as we see it here. The first thing is that we can see that God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, who is represented here as the Word of God, are doing things together. We can also see that the whole idea of creation here is the change from chaos to order, where it says here that the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep water. The Hebrew word here is one one I I love and that, that we should all remember is tohu vavohu which basically is a, a wild wilderness. But, I mean, wild wilderness, tohu vavohu, just even sounds menacing. I think we should learn more Hebrew words. Um, but the whole idea of what the Holy Spirit does in this instance is when God speaks the word, let there be light, and as we continue on uh, throughout Genesis, it's God wor- God's word that brings the creation into being. The Holy Spirit actually is there to change chaos into order. That's the vision that the, uh, the Hebrew authors of Genesis had. Their, uh, the idea that we have of creation is often um, making something out of nothing. If we'd mentioned that to a, a Hebrew author uh, of this period, they would have been very puzzled at the whole concept of creating something out of nothing because their concept of creation was creating order out of chaos. So 
we've got basically here that the Holy Spirit is working with the Word of God to make order out of disorder. So turn with me to the New Testament now, the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1. I'm looking at your faces now. Some of you are looking blank. Some of you don't even have devices there. Have you memorized this stuff? You are just such holy people. Or you're lazy. No, no, don't turn off. I didn't mean it. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. They began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, interestingly here, we have something written thousands of years apart, but the imagery is the same. The picture starts off with a mighty windstorm and a roar and fire and chaos in the house. And out of that chaos, suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes and everybody begins speaking in other languages. You might think, well, hang on, that's still chaos, surely. But the people who heard them actually began to hear the word of God in their own language. So the Holy Spirit had brought order where, not, where the, whole, uh, the only people who could understand the Holy Spirit at that time were the Jewish people. The ones who spoke Aramaic and who understood Hebrew. And yet suddenly, in one moment, the Holy Spirit has come and out of that chaos has created a, a way for the whole world to hear the good news of the gospel. So in some ways, if you want to do another comparison to a, an Old Testament uh, story, it's the reverse of the Tower of Babel. Whereas they all gathered together, they had one purpose, one language, and God scattered them. Here, this has been reversed, in that people from all over the world could suddenly understand the message and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's interesting here that in neither of these cases did the Holy Spirit come to solve anybody's personal problems. In fact, rather than that, when the Holy Spirit has appeared, who notices the opportunity arises? In the book of Genesis, we see there's the opportunity for creativity. In the, in the uh, Acts uh, nar narrative, we see that there's an opportunity for the disciples and the other believers to actually start to take the message of Jesus Christ out into the world. None of those things are necessarily comfortable. Creation isn't comfortable. Preaching the word of God isn't comfortable. But the message that is brought here is that the Holy Spirit is with us to facilitate risk. Now, I know on a soaking Sunday, that's not the story, that's not the image you want me to bring you. That our idea of soaking in the presence of the Holy Spirit has uh, connotations of comfort, of certainty, of safety. And yet here we see that safety isn't, isn't one of the Holy Spirit's top priorities at all. It's actually bringing us into a place of risk and seeing us and supporting us through that. And so that's a different take on what the Holy Spirit is doing. I believe we need to start giving the Holy Spirit greater space in our lives to be a constant presence who is able not to solve our personal problems but to allow us to soar above them as we go about God's work and I think that in, in 
To be effective in that requires that we personally have a better understanding of how the Holy Spirit works in Scripture uh, and how the Scriptures describe the interactions between the Holy Spirit and humanity. And we need that to go hand in hand with, our, with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so this is, this, this is where this idea that uh, has come to me about this whole idea of a community-based Bible study uh, is quite important because we, we have a tendency, I think, as westernized Christians of elevating the individual above the community and to actually elevate personal Bible study, personal uh, growth, personal devotion above a lot of other things that we do in church. And I just want to read you from Joshua 1 verse 8 because I think this, this is a verse that you know, a lot of our problems stem from. And it said, this is, this is God speaking to Joshua. And he says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now I know a lot of Christians take that as, as a, an instruction from God to actually pour themselves in their private time into the reading of Scripture. And that's not a bad thing, don't get me wrong. But I need to ask you a question. Do you think Joshua had a personal copy of the Bible? Now I can tell you, he certainly didn't have the New Testament. But the Bible as a book had not been written. What he had, what the book of instruction that uh, God is talking to him about here would be the Torah. And it certainly even wasn't a book as we consider it a book uh, these days. It would have been a series of scrolls. And let me tell you, the only people who had those scrolls would have been the priests. So for Judah, Judah sorry, Joshua, to have meditated on this book of instruction, he would have had to meditate on it with everybody else in the nation of Israel as the priests read it out to them. So this actually isn't a story of personal devotion. It's a story of you need to be the leader here. You need to be the person who says, come on, everybody, let's get together. You, whatever your name is, high priest, get up and read to us from this book of instruction. Fill our heads and our hearts and our minds with the word of God so that we can be sure to obey everything in it, so that we can prosper and succeed in all we do. But it's interesting. He's leading his community in the reading of the Bible. And, we'll, and it says, you'll prosper and succeed in all you do. And then why do you think God says, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. Because if, if it was a done deal, if all we had to do was read the Bible and have the presence of the Holy Spirit because we're guaranteed to prosper and succeed, why would we have to be courageous? Why would we have to be brave? Because following the dictates, the scriptures, the word of God, being filled with the Holy Spirit involves us actually taking risks which require us to be courageous and bold and brave. It involves doing things which make us uncomfortable, doing things which take time out of our lives, doing things which take effort beyond what we might normally be 
accepting. And I think we need, we, we need to get hold of this as we come into 2022 and develop an integrated approach to how we view the, the action of God in our lives. We know that our, our life in terms of community has changed. We cannot go back to what it was like before that change. But we can take action to move forward so that that's, as we, we grow as a community, as we continue to preach the word of God, that we have adapted a way of connecting to each other so that we are stronger, better, bolder, and more powerful than we were before our trials and tribulations hit us. We need to still have personal devotional time. We still need to have personal prayer time. But I believe that should be the basis for a, a new wave of community involvement. Community scriptural discussion, communal prayer, carrying the presence of God throughout the day, not just for 30 minutes in the morning. We need to enrich our lives together through Scripture. Now, one, one of the best ways to do this, and this is a great, um, I know, uh, New Year's resolution that a lot of Christians do, is to find a Bible plan, to read the Bible in the whole year or to read the Old Testament, to, do what, to, to get ourselves out of chaos into order. And it's, it's great that we do that. And... What's even better is if we actually stick to it for a whole year and do what it says. But I believe that there are better ways. Um, Bible Project has just released an app. Now, I, I mean, you don't have to do this. I'm not touting the Bible Project as the only way that we can actually uh, study the Bible, move forward, engage community. But it, it is an incredibly powerful way. I, I've started using it myself as the new year um, has started and for some people it's going to be very uncomfortable because we like to have a compartmentalized idea of how we deal with God Now we get up in the morning we pray we read the word of God and then we dust that off and on with the rest of our lives whereas I believe that uh, uh, we need to actually be carrying that script meditating on that scripture day and night doesn't mean when we're not working, playing, or you know, we find a, a spot in the day. It means that we need to be conducting our lives with, with the Spirit of God in our hearts, with, with the idea of what God has planned for us in our minds all the time. And th this app is actually a, a really irritating app to use because it demolishes those boxes completely. Uh, the, the first section of it actually starts with Genesis 1, which is really good, and starts to actually talk about the themes in Genesis. And it, it starts you off really neatly with a five-minute video. But as you watch the video, there are resources that appear underneath it. And the first resource that helps you understand what the video is getting at is an hour-long podcast. And so suddenly you're, you're five minutes, 30 minutes out of, of, of um, devotion time is knocked into a cocked hat because it's like, oh, when am I going to find time to do it? Well, you may not have time to do it all at once, but it will raise issues that you can continue to meditate on during the day that you could perhaps take to dinner party and discuss with other people. Because who knows? I don't know whether anybody else has got a revelation about this, but Christianity isn't about the answers, it's about the questions. We all like to think we have the answers, 
But I've noticed that whenever I ask people for the answers, they're all different. All the answers that you'd give me would be different to a question. So we need to keep asking the questions. How do you feel we should do this? I mean, one of the, the great things that you'll discover as you, as you look at some of these resources, for instance, is the, the life form that is mentioned in the Bible most often is people. Aren't you glad about that? Do you know what the next most common life form mentioned in the Bible is? Trees. And you sort of think, well, what's the deal? And the funny thing is that most of the references of trees is how humans are like trees. You think, well, oh, I'm not sure I agree with that one. But th these, are, these are questions that are actually uh, help us understand where biblical authors are coming from, how our life can be enriched by letting the Holy Spirit guide us through Scripture. And so my desire for 2022 is to encourage people not to just soldier on through life with their own personal devotions, but to actually start to develop a community connection with how we do church, how we do Bible study, how we connect with the Holy Spirit. You know, prayer meetings are not just about going and, hear, and having the leadership pray at people. Prayer meetings should be where we all come together and pray about what's on our hearts and to be able to share our life journey with, with everybody else. And so my, my desire, my, my, my premise for soaking this year needs to be that we need to be soaking all the time. Not just January, not just in church, not just at prayer meetings. But we need to be, we need to be preparing ourselves daily to meet the rest of our church community and to be asking questions, to be entering discussions. And you know, if we're all studying the Bible... That's easy to do. If we're all using the same app, it's even easier. But that's not, I'm not here to, to push a particular platform. But I think if we take the attitude that we need to be involved as a community in discovering what God wants us to do and how he wants us to do it, then I think in 2022, we can be an unstoppable force. So I'll just leave that with you. I know that you were hoping that I would preach and give you answers to life, the universe and everything. Uh, which is 42, by the way. Um, but my, my real desire is that people start to think more deeply about their relationship with the Holy Spirit, their, their idea of Scripture. You know, we, we talk about the fact that God is a God of new things. But we don't like new things. We'd prefer that he was a God of what we did yesterday because we can, we can do that very easily. And we feel comfortable with that. Uh, whereas to go into new territory... Uh, is, is, a, is a stressful thing for us and we find it very hard to connect with the Holy Spirit when we're stressed. Is anybody with me? And yet I believe that that's one of the keys to actually having a fulfilled life in God. Before I go, I want to encourage you, if you're online and you've made a decision, 2022 is, is going to be different, then I, I want to make you an offer I saw this great um, uh, Facebook post, which was a sign out the front of a pub. And it, it said, be like Kevin. Kevin saw our ad for free beer, and he came in and had a free beer and said, thank you very much. Don't be like Karen. She came into our pub, 
tasted the free beer and then complained that there weren't more varieties of free beer available for her to drink. Which I thought was quite amusing. But I thought, in some ways, that's exactly how we approach the idea of God's saving grace. Now, I'm not equating salvation with free beer. Do not write in the comments that I am demeaning God's offer of salvation because that is not the intention at all. But our hearts are sometimes like that. We see God's offer of salvation instead of saying, thank you, Jesus, I'm going to accept that offer. We say, well, why can't I have it this way? Well, why, can't, why, why, is there, why is there only one way to the Father? Why can't we do it slightly differently? Why aren't there more choices in life? Stop it. I believe that Jesus offered us salvation through his sacrifice on the cross. Not because he was jealous of any other way and said, well, you've got to do it this way because it makes me feel unimportant if you don't. It was because this is the best way. He knows our lives. He knows us all intimately. And part of accepting his offer is trusting that he knows what is best for us. And so I encourage you, if you're, if you're Zooming in this morning, you want to make a decision to take Jesus up on his offer of salvation, I encourage you to pr pr press that raise hand button. If there is, is, there, is there a Zoom raise hand? There isn't a Zoom raise hand button. You'll have to perhaps message, message the host privately. Let them know that you would like them to pray with you. And they will pray with you to accept that offer of salvation and set you on a path to bringing Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. So can I encourage you to do that as a, as a great start to 2022? And uh, we'll be with you again. Who knows how, but next Sunday to just carry on that, that concept of doing more than um, putting the Holy Spirit in a box and uh, continuing our lives as though he's not there for the rest of the time. Have a great week.